Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Good morning. How are we this morning? Good to uh, be together. Good to worship God together. We spent some time singing praises to God, declaring truth about God. Who here this morning would like to hear from God? Come on, who'd like to hear the whisper of the Spirit this morning in your life? I'm believing today that uh, God wants to speak to us. As we open His Word, I believe He's going to speak to us and encourage us. And I'm going to finish with a time this morning where we just pause and listen to what God might say to us for our, our families, for our church family, and for our nation. So let me pray right now that, uh, that God would give us ears to hear what He's saying to us in this season. Father God, we do thank you that you are here by your Spirit. We thank you that uh, you took on death and you overcame the grave. And Jesus, you are alive and you have sent your Spirit into our lives to speak to us, to encourage us, to empower us. And God, this morning I pray that you would do just that, and I know you are doing that. So God, I ask that you would give us ears to hear what it is that you want to say to us today. Whatever we're walking through, whatever decisions we need to make, whatever encouragement that we need, God, that we'd hear your voice. And we walk by faith in what you say to us this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I I remember when my kids were little, and uh, that's going back a fair way now, but uh, I remember when my kids were little, they loved to hold my hand. You know, when when they were uh, in a busy place with lots of people around, and I was scared that they might get lost, I would take hold of their hand, and because they trusted me, and because they too were a little bit scared of getting lost, they would happily hold my hand. You know, I remember when we were crossing the road, and there were cars uh, going everywhere, and they didn't have the wisdom to know when it was safe to cross... I would take hold of their hand and because they were a little uncertain and a little scared about when to cross, they'd happily take hold of my hand. I I remember when we were climbing a mountain or walking over rocks or walking through a river and they didn't have the strength to do or to go where we needed to go, I would take hold of their hand and I would lend my strength to them so they could go where we needed to go or do what we needed to do. And because they knew they needed my strength, they would happily take hold of my hand. You know, one of the times I I remember the fondest was uh, when they were younger and we were camping you know, way up north on the coast of Western Australia, and we're camping in a spot where you could uh, snorkel on the reef straight off the beach. 
and it was just a, a magical place. And I loved snorkeling with my kids when they were young because they would take a hold of my hand. You know, sometimes they were scared of a stingray or a little shark that was swimming around, and so they'd take hold of my hand, and even though I couldn't hear what they were saying, and what they were saying was gurgled anyway because they had a snorkel in their mouth, I could feel the fear in their hand. I could feel what was going on in their heart through what was happening in their hand, and I'd take a hold of, of their hand, and I'd try and comfort them, with my hand. You know, when they saw something, a little fi uh, pretty fish come out of the coral or out of a rock, I could feel the joy in their hand. Even though I couldn't hear what they were saying, you know, in their little hand, I could feel their joy and excitement. And so I'd put my hand in, in theirs and I'd share the joy with them. And, and, and there were times where they'd see something, they'd see a turtle, you know, swimming uh, away somewhere and they'd, they'd want to get closer to it. And so they'd steer me in a direction with their hand. They couldn't say, Dad, this is where we want to go, but they'd take hold of my hand and I'd take hold of theirs and we'd go in a direction that we wanted to go. But at some point, kids grow up and some of you are at a stage where you kind of can't wait till they grow up and let go of your hand. And some of you are at a stage where your kids have grown up and they no longer want to hold your hand. And so when you go to cross the road and you go to take hold of their hand, they kind of let go and shake you off because they can see their friends on the other side of the road and they don't want to be caught dead holding your hand. They want to make a decision for themselves when it's safe to cross. They want to use their, their own wisdom. When you're at the shops and you go to take hold of their hands so they don't get lost, they're happy to get lost. They want to lose you. And so they let go of your hand and go and do the things that they want to do. And when you're climbing a mountain or walking through a river or whatever you're might be doing, you go to take hold of their hand, it gets to a point where they say, Dad, I'm not a little kid anymore. I don't need your help. Let, let me do this. They're saying, Dad, I don't need you to keep me safe anymore. Dad, I don't need you to point me in the right direction anymore. You know, Dad, I don't need your strength. I don't need you to lend me your strength anymore. And so they let go of my hand. You know, the question I want to ask us all this morning is, have you let go of God's hand? Have you got to an age and a stage in your life where it's kind of like, God, I don't need you to hold my hand anymore. I'll keep myself safe, thank you very much. God, I don't need you to hold my hand anymore. I'll make my own decisions about where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do. And God, I don't need you to hold my hand anymore. You know, I'll, I'll do things in my own strength from now on. You know, have you got to an age and a stage where you go, I'm not a little kid anymore. God, I don't need to hold your hand. 
You know, I was in a prayer meeting uh, about five weeks ago now, and in this meeting, I got a, a small group of guys I pray with on a Thursday morning, and uh, they pray for me, we pray together, we pray for the church, I really value what they uh, do for me. And they're, they're grown, mature men, and we're sitting in a circle and we're praying, and, and I've got to admit, I was sitting there quite overwhelmed with some decisions that we needed to make here, you know, feeling, you know, quite fearful of the future and, and not kind of really sure of what to do next. And, and as I'm sitting and praying with these guys, I just got this really simple but really powerful picture that I, that I almost didn't want to pray out loud because it doesn't, you know, feel very grown up and manly. But I just got this picture of God just holding my hand. And, and like when I was a, a little kid and I held my dad's hand, I'm reaching up to let him take hold of my hand. And as he took hold of, of my hand, there was this new peace that came over me. And, and as I, be, I began to pray, I, I realized as I'm holding God's hand, what have I got to fear? I'm safe. As I'm holding God's hand, you know, what, what have I got to, to worry about in the future? He's going to point us in the right direction. As I hold on, you know, to, 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 to God's hands, you know, even when I don't think I've got the strength to endure, He's going to give me the strength to endure. You see, I needed a little reminder that I don't protect the church and keep it safe. You know, I don't carry the church. You know, it's not my wisdom that leads the church. That, it, that in fact, it is Jesus who protects the church. It is Jesus who leads the church. And this is the good news, people. It is Jesus who builds the church and the gates of hell will still not have the power to overcome it. Do you believe that this morning? That promise is still true. And I wonder for you this morning, whatever you're walking through in your family, in your business, in your ministry that God's called you to, I wonder, are you reaching up and taking hold of God's hand? Because I tell you, whatever you're walking through, there's a new peace that comes over you. When you're holding God's hand and you know His protection, you know His direction, and you know His power. You know, as I was praying there in my office that Thursday morning, just this scripture uh, came to mind that really spoke to me powerfully, and I believe it's going to speak to a number of us here today. Isaiah chapter 42, and it says, This is what God the Lord says. The creator of the heavens who stretches them out. And earlier in Isaiah it says he spread them, he spoke a word and the world was created and he spread out the heavens with his hands. In the palm of his hands he holds the nations of the world. In his hands he spread out the universe. He threw stars into space. The creator of the heavens who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk in it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. And listen to this. 
I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you. And I will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. You see, God is taking hold of your hand if you'll just grab onto it. He holds your hand to protect you. He says, I take you by the hand because I want to keep you. I'm going to protect you. He takes your hand to protect you. You know, last term we followed, you know, the journey of Israel from slavery in Egypt to freedom in the promised land. Now God saves them by the power of his hand. And when they got to the promised land, they, they built homes to live in and to enjoy uh, what their, uh, the presence in, the, in their promised land, and they built a temple to worship God in and to enjoy His presence in this new promised land. And, and their kings came to rule them as, as a nation. And there were kings that uh, followed God and obeyed God, and generally when the king obeyed God, the people obeyed God. And there were kings who disobeyed God and turned away from God. And generally, when the kings disobeyed God and turned away from God, the nation turned away from God. And so God would send prophets. He would send prophets to speak to the people, to remind them of the covenant relationship that they were in. He was their God. They were his people. And the prophets would remind them to turn back to him. And time and time again, they turned away and they turned back. And there were times where other nations were coming against them, nations with bigger armies that looked like for every, every logical kind of reason, this bigger army should wipe out the nation of Israel. But they saw time and time again, when they, when they were obedient to God, God's hand of protection was on them. And they defeated these bigger armies. But about a thousand years after they were delivered into their promised land, the Babylonian army came against Israel, big army. This time, the Babylonian army defeated them hands down. And they carted them off to exile in Babylon. And once again, they were a people without a home. They were were a people without a place to to worship God and enjoy His presence. And as they're sitting in this, this dark place, this dark time in Israel's history, God sends the prophet Isaiah to speak to them. And gives them a a message of hope and a message of steadfast covenant love. You see, like like Israel, we often think when we're in a dark time, when we're going through a tough time, when we end up in a place where we don't want to be or or we're we're going through something that we really don't want to walk through, we, we, we start to wonder, does the place we are or what we're going through actually inform the way that God feels about us? Is this why we're here? 
You know, am I facing the consequences of my sin or am I suffering through the consequences of a sinful world and because I'm here and because I'm going through this right now, is it God saying to me, you know, I'm not with you and I'm not for you anymore? We've all wrestled with those questions at different times in our lives. And this is what must have been going through the heart of the people of Israel as they are sitting in the darkness of a prison in Babylon. And it's why God's message through the prophet Isaiah was so important to them and it's so important to us. He says, I will take hold of your hand and I will keep you. I've not let you go. I'm never going to let you go. I've got a covenant relationship with you. I will take hold of your hand and I will keep you. You think about it in our earthly relationships for a minute. You know, I I didn't have uh, many girlfriends before Susan for fairly obvious reasons. And I just thank God that I did get one girlfriend. But I had a couple of girlfriends uh, before Susan. But when we broke up, none of them ever wanted to hold my hand again. You know, when the relationship finished, none of them wanted to take hold of my hand again into the future. Once it was broken up, once the relationship was finished, we never held hands again. And this is what God is saying here. He's saying that you're going through a tough time, you're in a dark place, you are suffering the consequences of your sin this time, but I've not broken up with you. I'll take hold of your hand because I want to keep you. I want to keep you. You see, he takes hold of your hand to protect you. You know, just like a parent keeps, you know, kids safe in in a place where they could get lost, God holds your hand to let you know that you're safe in his love and you always will be. You know, my mum had trouble letting go of my hand as I was growing up. I remember uh, the shops when I was 15 years old. Just remember that number, 15 years old. And I shook my mum off and I went and did my own thing because it was Thursday night, late night shopping, uh, shops closest to my school, half the school was there. There's no way I'm going to walk around the shops with my mum. And anyway, once she decided it was time to go home and she couldn't find me, and I was lost from her, I hear this message over the loudspeaker system in the shops. Remember, half my school's there. If anyone finds little Jason in his blue jeans and blue shirt, I mean, not much has changed over the years, please bring him to the front desk because his mummy has lost him and she wants to go home. I just heard these words ringing around the shopping centre. I thought it would have been more, less embarrassing to just take hold of her hand and walk with her. But at 15, I'd let go of her hand. I just wonder what age and what stage did you let go of God's hand and say, I, I got this. I'll do my own thing. 
You see, when we, when we let go of God's hand uh, and we don't, we don't know and experience holding on to the hand of God who stretched out the heavens, knowing that He will keep us safe forever, we find ways of keeping ourselves safe. And so what we do is we actually stop taking risks. We actually don't step out into faith into unknown places. We, we, we don't, we don't uh, step outside of what is safe and known for us. Because we've got to keep ourselves safe. But that's not the picture of faith that, that God gives us in the Bible. The picture of faith is constantly taking hold of the hand of God and walking by faith into unknown places, into, into places that we don't understand, that are beyond our control, and we're completely dependent, like a little child, on a loving and powerful Father. And so Jesus himself said when he walked the earth, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, if you want to live in the kingdom of heaven, you've got to be what? Like a what? A little what? A little child. You've got to be like a little child. That's what it's like to live in the kingdom of heaven. I wonder this morning if some of us have let go of the hand of God and said, I, I got this. God promises for all eternity to take hold of your hand and to keep you. Right now, there's no one here in this room that's beyond the reach of God. But some of us maybe have just let go of His hand. He holds your hand to protect you and He holds your hand to direct you. He says, I take hold of your hand to keep you and I take hold of your hand to make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. You see, when you can't see, you can't see your way out of the darkness. When, when, you're, when you're in darkness and there's no light, you can't see your, your way out. You know, I've only ever been blind for a very short period of time in my life. I, uh, there's another time I was at the shops with my mum and she sent me in to get a haircut. They got halfway through the haircut and all of the hairdressers, uh, the hairdressers cut my hair, gathered all the hairdressers around and said, have a look at this. It's like a zoo in there. I've never seen such big head lice in all my life. And they're all gazing at my head with these creatures. You know, they sent me out of, of the hairdressers with half a haircut. They said, get out of here. And I went and found my mom, and she was so embarrassed, she went to the chemist and she bought industrial strength head lice shampoo. I think it was like hydrochloric acid she washed my hair with. And it killed those lice once and for all. But I got some in my eyes. And, and after I, I, uh, I, I washed my eyes, I looked in the mirror. I couldn't see a thing. At first it was just blurry, and then it was just almost black. And I eventually went to my parents and said, I don't know what you washed my hair with, but I can't see. And you see, when you, when you can't see, you either need to be really clever and use a stick to help you to see, or you need a really clever dog to help you to see, or you need someone to take you by the hand 
and to lead you where you need to go. That was the first time in my life I'd ever experienced that. I went to the doctors and, and literally my parents had to lead me into the car and into the doctor's surgery and uh, apparently they banned this niche shampoo that my mum found because it was so strong and it had scratched my cornea and I couldn't see. And one eye was worse than the other and it took longer to heal. I had to walk around at school with an eye patch on for two weeks. And you wonder why I didn't have too many other girlfriends other than Susan. I'm walking around school looking like a pirate. But you see, when we can't see, we need someone to take us by the hand and to guide us where we need to go. Now, if we just get back to Isaiah 42 for a minute, at the beginning of that chapter, it's a chapter that, it's, it's the part of the prophecy that Isaiah is bringing, it's talking about a servant that God is going to raise up to lead the people out of darkness and into the light. All right, there's a servant, Isaiah 42, verse 1. It says, uh, it's going to come up on the screen, Isaiah 42, verse 1. Look at my servant whom I strengthen. He's my chosen one who pleases me. I've put my spirit upon him and he will bring justice to the nations. He says the servant's going to rise up from within Israel and he's not just going to be a, a servant that will save Israel, but he's going to save the nations. He's going to bring justice to the nations. How is he going to bring justice to the nations? Well, he's going to be a light for the people. He's going to open eyes that are blind. He's going to set free captives from the darkness of sin. People who are sitting in the dungeon of sin are going to be set free free to live in freedom. And we see in uh, 600 years later, as Jesus stands up in the synagogue, he doesn't actually quote Isaiah 42, he quotes Isaiah 61, which is a very similar prophecy about this same servant that will rise up. And he says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because I'm going to give good news to the poor. I'm going to open eyes that are blind. I'm going to set free those from, that are sitting in, in prison. I'm going to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And Jesus rolls up the scroll from Isaiah that's 600 years old and he says, today this prophecy is fulfilled in your hearing. I am that servant that God has raised up. Now remember... As God gives this message to Israel about this servant who will be raised up, this is the promise that he gives the servant. He says, I'm going to take hold of your hand. I'm going to make you to be a covenant for the people. I'm going to give you the power to open eyes that are blind and to set people free from prison. You see, what we have here is a picture of God the Father actually promising to hold the hand of God the Son when he walks on earth to bring justice to the nations and to open eyes that are blind. You see, Jesus, when he walked on earth, the Scriptures tells us that he emptied himself of his divine power and wisdom. He was dependent on his Father. Those 30-plus years on earth... He emptied himself and became a man. 
So the reason that he, he scurries away to be on his own and spend time with his father, the, the reason that he, it says he is led by the Spirit into places is because he'd emptied himself of divine wisdom and divine power. And here is a man walking on earth, actually taking, as a son, taking hold of his father's hand, completely dependent on him. Now the thing about Jesus is, he let, never let go of his father's hand. The whole of his ministry. He held on to his father's hand and he received wisdom, direction. It says the spirit led him in different places and gave him power to do the miracles that he did. And so when we look at the ministry of Jesus... We look at the way that he opened blind eyes. He set people free from sickness. He set people free from evil. He's not just showing us, you know, what is a really good thing to do. He's not just showing us what the heart of God is. He's actually showing us how to do it. He's showing us because he was a, a, a man. He, came, he became in appearance as a man. He did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he became a servant and he walked in complete dependence on his Father every day to express the heart of God in the power of God. And so as followers of Jesus today, we follow in the same footsteps. He takes hold of, the Father will take hold of our hand and he will lead us in the direction that he wants us to go. He'll give us the power to do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He shone a light into the darkness, into people living in the darkness of sin and hopelessness. He shone a light. And he calls us to be the people who bring justice to the nations. I want to encourage you a little bit this morning that as we've taken hold of, of the Father's hand in the past, the ministry of Jesus continues in the world today. There's justice coming to the nations. Over the last few years, people in, in our church have heard the call to go to the Congo, a place of injustice, a, a place where right now there is one general surgeon for every million people. Just to put into perspective, in Australia, there is a hundred general surgeons for every million people. It's unjust. In the Congo... There's 1,352 women per day reported suffering from sexual violence and have nowhere to go to find healing. And so there's people in our church who've held on to God's hand, led them into a dark place. And a couple of years ago, he spoke to all of us about being part of this ministry. And just two weeks ago, you know, the Heal Africa Training Centre was opened in the Democratic Republic of Congo because of your generosity, because we listened to God and we stepped down in faith, trusting that he's a God who's still bringing justice to the nations. He's still bringing light into darkness. There are surgeons getting trained there uh, right now, you know, by, uh, by Neil Wetzig, who's part of our church here at Gateway, who are going to bring healing to people in that nation for, for generations to come. And we get the privilege of being part of that. 
Just uh, that same Christmas uh, in 2017, it was our Hospitals of Hope Christmas offering. And uh, we believed that God was calling us to build two hospitals in Africa at the same time. And so just yesterday morning, they opened the doors at Yotcom, you know, child and uh, maternity health clinic for the first time. And patients have started to come in, in a place of injustice, in, in a place where it's 20 times more likely for a woman right now to die in childbirth than it is in Brisbane because they're giving birth under trees rather than a hospital with staff. It's a place where children are dying of preventable diseases every single day because they can't get their medicines that they need from a, from a doctor and a hospital that they can trust and afford. But today, there's a new child and maternity health clinic in, in Kitkum, Uganda. And I tell you, kids are going to find healing and mums are going to give birth to kids for generations to come. There's light coming into darkness. There's justice coming to nations as we take hold of the hand of God. I don't believe God's finished with us yet. It's why our AGM on Wednesday night is so important. I believe there's more for us to do. There's more for us to do around the world and there's more people to reach here in this city. There are people living in this city who never understood that there is a God in heaven who loves them. They are still spiritually blind. They can't see what God is like and how much he loves them. And they need someone to take them by the hand and to lead them into the light. That's why I believe we've got to keep growing churches across this city, building kids and youth buildings down in, in Logan, you know, establishing a permanent home for ministry in Ormo, and in, in July this year to open the doors of our new Gateway City campus so that more people in this city, in this nation, will come to know Jesus, will see what he's like, and will take the light and the hope of Jesus to other nations around the world, and so the ministry of of Jesus, the servant of Israel, who would bring justice to the nations, continues through us today. Can I hear an amen this morning? You see, God, God says, I want to take hold of your hand because I want to keep you, I want to protect you. He says, I want to take hold of your hand because I want to make you a covenant for the people, a light to people sitting in darkness. Just like Jesus never grew up to a point where he could let go of his father's hand, we're never to grow up. We're to stay as dependent children. It's how you live in the kingdom of heaven. Like a little child holding onto the father's hand to protect you, to direct you, and lastly, to strengthen you. See, all that God is, is calling us to do in the future to continue his ministry is not going to be easy. See, some of the decisions we're making at the AGM on Wednesday night, there's, there's some cost involved. This is not going to be easy. I really believe that, that God is taking hold of our hand. He says, I'll strengthen you. I'll strengthen you to endure. I'll strengthen you to pay the cost. You see, Jesus, Jesus right throughout his life, 
He needed to know the touch of his father's hand. He got to the end of his life and about to to come to the ultimate fulfilment of his purpose here on earth to actually go to a cross and die for the sins of all mankind so that all of us, the only way all of us can actually be brought into the light of who God is by what Jesus did on the cross. It was his purpose. It was the reason that he came to earth. And as the time gets near and he's praying in the garden of Gethsemane, he he cries out to his father. This is what he says in Luke uh, chapter 22. It says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. I don't know if I can do this. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And it says, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. You see, Jesus needed strength from heaven to fulfill his purpose. God reached down and strengthened him. And I tell you, each of us, if we let go of the hand of God, there's, there's mountains we won't climb. There's rivers we won't walk through. There's challenges we won't overcome. And there are eternal purposes that we won't fulfill. Jesus himself needed to take hold of strength from heaven to endure the cross, to fulfill his eternal purpose. And we need to do the same. Whatever you're walking through today, Take hold of his hand. He will give you the strength to endure, to walk through it. He never promises that we won't walk through valleys of darkness, that we won't walk, you know, through flooded rivers, that we won't walk through the flames. He says, when you do, then I'll be there with you. I'll be holding your hand and I'll give you the strength to get through. I'll give you the strength to overcome. You see, he holds your hand to protect you. He holds your hand to direct you. And he holds your hand to strengthen you. Jesus goes on to say, he says, And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. I really believe God is saying to us, get up and pray so that you don't fall away. I got strength to give you. I got wisdom to give you. But you got to get up and pray. This is an important time to pray so that you do not fall away. I really believe this is an important time for us as a church to pray as we step into our future, as we believe God for more, as we step out into the unknown, as we walk by faith to see more people come into the light. I also believe it's an important time for our nation. As we head to the elections, this is a time to pray You know, it looks like in the natural world our nation is falling further and further away from the the heart of God, from the purposes of God. 
I believe this is a time where Jesus is saying to, this, to us as the church, stay awake and pray. Stay awake and pray. I got strength to give you. I got wisdom to give you. That's why I want to encourage you this week, Tuesday, day of prayer and fasting. Maybe God's going to challenge some of you to pray and fast for longer. But can I encourage us, and we're doing this in every campus, you know, across our city. We're just going to put this day aside to fast and to pray, to come together at our prayer meetings at the end of the day and to pray for our church, to pray for our nation, that we would not fall away, but we would continue to hold the hand of God and walk by faith into the future so that more people living in darkness will see the light. You know, as I've reflected on this picture that God gave me sitting in my office with uh, four other blokes, I actually don't think it's just for me. I know it's for me and it's, it's, it's brought an incredible peace into my life in the last four or five weeks. But I also believe it's for us as a church family. You know, I needed to be reminded that I don't have the wisdom to lead the church. I don't have the strength to carry the church. I don't have the power to protect the church. And God never asked me to. But he does have the power to protect the church. He does have the wisdom to lead the church into the future. And he does have the strength to give his church to be a light in the world today. You see, when you hold his hand, you have his protection, you have his direction, and you have his power. And I believe God's calling some of us this morning, God's reminding some of us this morning that we're not too big and too smart and too strong to let go of the hand of God. Jesus wasn't. And we're still called to live in the kingdom of God as little children, completely dependent on a father. And some of us are walking through some scary times right now. Some of you are walking through some times where you need to know God's direction. You've got decisions to make. Some of you are walking through times where you just need to know that God's hand of protection is with you. When you hold his hand, you have his protection, his direction, and his power. I want us to do that this morning. We're going to get Mark to, to lead us in a simple song. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. But I actually want you in your heart and in your mind to take hold of his hand this morning and look in his face. And listen to what he's got to say to you. So I believe he wants to remind some of you of his love. I'm going to keep you forever. I, I believe he wants to give some of you direction for the future. And I know he wants to strengthen some of you to endure what you're walking through right now. Can we stand together this morning? Come on, as Mark leads us in this song, just take hold of his hand. However you need to do that in your heart and in your mind, just take hold of his hand and turn your eyes upon him. Turn your eyes.
I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. God, I thank you that you are still building your church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. God, this morning we take hold of your hand as a church. God, we can't do this on our own. We don't want to do this on our own. We want to be totally dependent on you. We want to follow in your footsteps. We want to follow in the call that you have on us, that we would see your kingdom grow in this community, that we would see more lives change, that we would see more people come to know you as their Lord and Saviour. God, would you give us the strength? Would you give us the wisdom as you guide us, as we come to you totally dependent for everything that we need to be the light that you've called us to be in this community, in this nation and this world. We are so desperate for you and so dependent on you, Jesus, as a church. Hey, just, just one last thing I'd love us to do. Just take hold of the hand of God this morning. Just listen to what he might be saying to our nation. We may not be used to interceding for our nation, but God loves this nation and he calls the church to intercede, to stand in the gap for where he's placed his church. Come on, just take hold of his hand. There might be a big, bold prayer God puts on your heart for this nation that desperately needs Jesus, the great south land of the Holy Spirit. Just listen to his voice this morning. What's he saying to you? pray for our city and our nation just let that prayer in your heart just uh, well up and we're all going to pray together as he finishes but come on Sirk's going to lead us in prayer God you have been faithful in leading us to church into some of the darkest places in this world and this morning we look to you again and we say God will you lead us into our city will you lead us into our nation God, will you pour out your spirit. Lord, you love the nation of Australia. You love our city of Brisbane. And God, as we look to our city and our nation, we see so many who are lost in darkness. God, will you pour out your spirit. Will you open their eyes. May your light shine into the darkest places of our nation. God, may we see a nation that doesn't know you turn back to you. And God, will you lead us. Will you take our hand. God, may we go to those places to shine your light, to speak your truth, your grace, your power. God, may we see a turning back to you in our nation. God, may we see a revival again in our nation. God, may we see people come live transformed, your nation turned around, Lord. May you save us. May you save our cities. May you save our nation for your glory. And Father, may you, may you use us May you lead us, Lord God. May we play our part in seeing your glory come, in seeing your nation saved.
we look to you, we cry out to you, for you are mighty, you are good, you are gracious. Come, Lord Jesus, we cry out in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, come on, just just lift your prayer up this morning. Come on, just keep your eyes closed and just lift your prayer up. Declare it in the heavens. Open your mouth and speak it out. Whatever Jesus is putting in your heart this morning. Come on, just declare it over your family. Declare it over our church. Declare it over our city, over our nation. Come on, just speak out your prayer this morning. some of you this morning, you are walking through some times in your life where you need direction, where you need strength, where you just need to know that God is with you. This morning, some of you have been reminded that God is there. You just got to take hold of his hand. We just love to pray with you, whatever you're walking through, that you would take hold of his hand. You'd not let it go. You'd know his protection, his direction and his power. Just come down the front as we sing this final chorus. If you just love these guys to stand with you and pray blessing and strength and life and hope over you, we'd love to do that today. Just come when you're ready. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ or would like us to pray for you, please go to gatewaybaptist.com.au and let us know.